About to uh, bang you with spoilers here. I really hope you enjoyed uh, the episode prior to this, where I could finally catch up with uh, Dustin Hostetler. We've been missing each other for months, and I listened back because there was stuff that I think I missed from myself that I wanted to go back and say. When I wake up in and uh, stuff that I missed from from Dustin. Fantastic Toledo conversation. Two people who can be uh, pretty darn critical. That's why we have Twitter accounts. That's why we're on Reddit. Um, But I like to think that we can be pretty reasonable and rational um, with our criticisms. So that was a really good discussion. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode. Uh, To show you how kind of coldly ruthless I am and how reasonable. How reasoned I can be. By the way, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers coming shortly for these uh, these two movies that were out over the weekend. Um, something with uh, 475 being widened from Douglas to, to 23 might cost people some, some of their houses with eminent domain. Um, I know the pushback is, well, it doesn't need to be widened. Um, not right now. And I get that, and I think there's still a lot more listening left to do. And eminent, eminent domain is a thing that sucks. Uh, if there's any good part about it, this would not happen for like another three or four years. And I hope they would be comfortably taken care of um, when it comes to being offered well beyond fair value for, for their homes. It is, a, it is a sucky thing, but if you go back to uh, the old saying... Mm, I'm not even going to give you where it's from, but if you do you agree with this, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Now you could argue argue whether or not that is a need. I get so many notifications from my room. Hmm. All I've seen is my air conditioner go on and off, but I haven't even seen any squirrels. Um, is it actually a need to widen that? And if I was skimming through enough things, I think I saw, well, not a lot of commuters jamming that part of 475 up um, with where we are located to have more manufacturing and that type of business commerce. It's helpful to have um, wider roads so we can have those trucks come through. I'm not saying it's right. That sounds like a reasonable explanation. But regardless, when it comes to eminent domain for almost anything, if you can give me a sound reason that this will truly benefit the many, I'm sorry for the few. Um, Even if one day I am one of those people, you know my saying, um, it is like, it has become one of the top of my commandments, one of the top of my core beliefs. Um, I don't agree, but I understand. And that even comes to some some pretty wicked thoughts people want to think and do. Again, I don't agree, but I understand. All right, uh, before we get to the spoilers, my uh, someone in my neighborhood, very close by, sold their home. Didn't even put up put a for sale sign up, but uh, my HOA president, who is uh, she's got her ear to the uh, to the neighborhood to the condo area gossip. Um, I said the appraiser was by. I said, sir, please appraise her home for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So uh, I live down the street and I can get two hundred. He's like, how about two seventy five? It's like you got it. Um, my HOA president said she sold it for 10 over asking for $149,000. My place is about equal to it. All the places in my neighborhood are about the same. Um, If you have three bedrooms instead of two, 
Um, they're smaller, whereas I have two bedrooms and they're two really big ones. I have two garages, so I have less space inside, but I have two garages. Um, I thought she moved in slightly after I did, and I, I, I think it was she bought in like the 110s. Um, the number was actually $105,000. So four years ago, yeah, about four years ago, she bought it for $105,000. She sold it for $149,000. Now, I don't know what she had left in that thing, but that seems like a nice profit and good luck with where you're going next because this is pretty simple math that, that we've done with Alex repeatedly. Um, sure, you uh, you got a nice chunk of change for your home. You have made some profit. You're going to have to spin it into another home. If not for the price of the house, um, the interest rates that have gone up so much in the last couple of years. I don't, we all have a price. Everyone has a price. Um, it's different. It, it could be something that is never met. Um, Eric, how much would I have to write you a check for to push your dogs in front of a bus? Oh, I mean, again, we have a price for everything. It's painful to think about. Or maybe it's a neat little thought experiment, but just about everything and everybody has a price. I don't know what my price would be for uh, my place. And I I recently had one of those texts saying, um, hey, you looking to sell your place? And I was like, yeah, 150. And the person was like, have you looked to see what places in your neighborhood are selling for? And I never replied back because quite frankly, um, something is worth whatever someone will pay for it. What is worth nothing to you could be of immense value to someone else. My pen, right here, probably worth a quarter. But if there's somebody out there that has some kind of attachment to this pen, they're like, I'll give you two bucks for it. Sold. Something is worth whatever someone will pay for it. I don't I don't know what my what my number would be. Um, reasonably, like a reasonable number that somebody was like, look, I don't care. This has sentimental value to me. I have limitless resources. Here's what I'll give you. 200 grand. And I, I think I would say no. I am in an extremely fortunate position where I can say, eh, you know, my money's fine. And really, money has never driven me. Hello, I work in radio. Obviously, if you followed any media stuff in recent years, uh, you know that money has not driven me or else I would not I would not have done this for my entire professional life, which is now 25 years. Yeah. Um, I don't know what my number would be. I don't think that 200 would do it. Why? Eric, um you'd make so much, you'd easily be able to get into another house regardless of what the interest rate would be. I know, but don't underestimate how fucking lazy I am. (laughs) Um, I would not want to go through the hassle of house hunting. I would not want to go through the closing process and and, and the go all things buying a house. I really like where I live. I, um, I came home from an Ability Center appointment today and I noticed the uh, fridge had been cracked open. I'm like, oh shit, Andre went in there again. And I, yeah, um, I had that same anxiety when I got to work. So I did half an hour of work and went home. I was, and I stopped at Moonettes on the way. I was back in under 30 minutes. I love the location where I live. So does Target for that matter. 
Um, the, what do they say about real estate? Location, location, location. I don't know if I could find a better location to satisfy me right now. Now, I am very adaptable. So somebody should smack me on the head and say, take the 200 grand and think about how adaptable you are. Don't want to go through the house buying process. Don't want to overspend on something like I've told Alex, like many people have. Like you're buying a, uh, you're buying a $98,000 home for $124,000. That's not good. Just wait it out if you can. And I know, but the, the other, one of my other tenants, let the math make the decision. So the house buying and all that shit, the packing... The moving, Eric, you can, with all the profit, you can pay people to pack and move everything. I know, but it still has to be done. The unpacking, and then maybe most of all, I have put my personality and spent a good bit of time making my place my own. I was very fortunate to move into a place that was essentially like an empty beige apartment. Ripped out the carpets, painted the walls. You walk in there and go, oh, this this is this is definitely you. Um my stamp is on the place. And while I haven't done any of that work myself, other than the painting, I've enjoyed picking out the the paint colors, um, the flooring, how the house has been decorated, redesigned, some light fixtures have been put in, the appliances. And I wouldn't want to walk away from that. And wherever I wind up, go do that again. No way. So I don't know what that number would be. Um, we did not get to it Friday. Um... So let's talk Barbie and Oppenheimer. Uh, spoilers abound here. I I knew that Barbie would be a good movie. Um, I know that Greta Gerwig is a very talented producer. And if I just put this out for the internet um, to consume, I, I would potentially get a... Are we still ratioing people on Twitter or X or whatever? Um, I don't know if enough people are left on Twitter to ratio anything. But I would say... Uh, let, let's not like lose our minds here over this. Wasn't that hard of a movie to make. I mean, it had some poignant, accurate, clever, smart, shrewd social commentary on both sides. Um, but I don't think it was something that just she could have done, especially you're talking about arguably the second most iconic popular toy in history. When you talking about Transformers, no jackass, Legos. And right after that is probably Barbie. Um, the Lego movies, super popular. I mean, it would take someone nearly completely without talent, hapless, drunk on the set, yelling at things to, to mess up the product that is Barbie. But it was a wonderful movie. Um, I knew it would be good. I did not expect to laugh as much as I did because of so much smart, clever humor. Um, I did not expect Ryan Gosling to be a scene stealer. You think of Barbie. Oh, it's Margot Robbie. And she was fine. And But she, she plays stereotypical Barbie. So the spectrum of what she needs to do is pretty narrow. Ryan Gosling, like, what do you call Ryan Gosling fan? I am I am a Goslinger now. Um, I didn't see the notebook when it was a thing. I am late to all this Ryan Gosling stuff. I've never disliked him. I really bought into him with that Netflix movie of his uh, with the Russo brothers and Chris Evans last year. Um, I, I didn't see La La Land. He sings in this. Uh, he was phenomenal. Like, I couldn't get enough of him. And his abs were dangling out the entire time. 
I didn't know that uh, a couple other guys, uh, Simi Liu, who played uh, Shang-Chi, and Kingsley Ben-Adir. He is in the new Marvel show, Secret Invasion. Um, a couple Marvel guys. I mean, it's hard to not have Marvel people in your movies because there's been 30 of them now. Uh, they they were great. Also playing different kinds of Kens as there are different kinds of Barbie. So a lot of faces I didn't expect, including America Ferreira. Ugly Betty. And uh, I'm like, that show is... When did that show come out? Like, she's got to be... Like, I'm like, are we the same age? She's like 36, 37, 30, something like that. I'm like, wow, when did Ugly Betty come out? She was really good. There was uh, one monologue she did, which I can see um, becoming a viral thing, if it hasn't already, but just wonderful words, so well-written, so potent, so powerful, so uplifting. Um, What else in the movie? What else in the movie? It's just a, a darn good movie, and it made $155 million, and... Um, it will have another big week. I haven't looked at any projections. Movies typically lose like half or more of their first week. So what's that? 75 million. I think it's still going to make another 60 some million dollars. If not, if not more, I figured this thing would have legs. In fact, I was worried about our Barbie party going too soon because, um, I had, I predicted through some friends who said Kennergy back in like, May and I was like, oh, that's going to be a thing. Um, I kind of foresaw people getting dressed up and going to the theater and enjoying the experience. Um, so we might have hit it a little bit too soon, but that was fine. Everybody had a really good time at that party. Um, Oppenheimer, which many people saw back to back, and I'll, I'll say this: I'm Christopher. That movie made eighty million. Um, I'm happy for Christopher Nolan. I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised. How many people that were at this movie last night? So last night, Fall on Timbers. We usually do Thursdays, but Barbie was Thursday. We went last night to Oppenheimer. Lots of people dressed up for, obviously, Barbie. Um, our theater, I expected, if you made me guess, I would have said that's oh, going to be empty. It'll just be us. It's a Monday night. It's a nice Monday night. Nice summer Monday night. There were, I don't know, 50 people in there. I might be misjudging that because it was the big theater, but it was not empty by any means. It wasn't packed. It wasn't half full, but it was. there were plenty of people in there. And I was surprised. And I think there are plenty of people who caught wind of this. This What's this Barbieheimer thing? What's this Barbenheimer thing? And they saw that take on a life of its own. And maybe they looked at the cast and they're like, oh, I know Matt Damon. Oh, Robert Downey Jr.? Uh, Killian Murphy, the guy from Peaky Blinders. I think a lot of people who wouldn't nor- normally be in the orbit of a Christopher Nolan movie, like myself, um, I was there really early for all of these. Like I was obviously sold hook, line, cape, and cow with the Batman trilogy. So I went back for Memento, which I need to watch again because I didn't understand him. And The Prestige, may- maybe his best movie, at least his most overlooked, underrated movie. Um... Inception, which will literally break your brain, Interstellar, and that beautiful, haunting soundtrack. Um, a couple of years after that was, we had Dunkirk. I'm, am I missing one? And then Tenet, um, with Robert Pattinson and John David Washington, which came out in August of 2020. Uh, me and Josh and one other guy went. We were the only people in the theater. And I mean the whole goddamn building. He, Christopher Nolan is an auteur. He want, he makes movies to be in movie theaters, kind of like the way Tom Cruise was about things. 
He did not want that thing being released on demand for a variety of reasons. We went. I was like, movie place, movies are safe. Nobody should be talking anyway. Keep your mouth shut. So we released a movie during the teeth of COVID and um, now a, a, a strike by everybody in Hollywood. But because of what Barbie, how it put its fangs in a way to Oppenheimer, I think more people than than would have initially gone to a Christopher Nolan movie um, went and looked into it a little bit. And they're like, yeah, I'll go see this. You I know, mean, everything else helped like great reviews, the, the, the cast. I guess that's just it. Because you could, it's not Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man. Um, and I I was, two things surprised me. I know, surprise, three surprises in the span of five days. Oh my God. I, I swear, I'm still cynical. Surprised how funny Barbie was. Um, surprised, I guess, how many people were there last night on a Monday night. Surprised. How many other famous faces were in this movie? You might have heard the quick anecdote. Matt Damon told his wife, I am I'm taking a break. Unless Christopher Nolan calls me. It's like a, it's like a, a bet that you knew that what was going to happen with your wife. Like, honey, I'm not, I'm not going out with the guys tonight. There's no way they call. And then an old friend comes into town and calls you up. Uh, Christopher Nolan call, called Matt Damon to play was it, uh, General Leslie Groves, part of the Manhattan Project. Um, you know, Matt Damon's in it. You know, Robert Downey Jr. is in it. Uh, Killian Murphy. What are the other faces? The, I, I had forgotten that Florence Pugh and her tits and her sexing are in it. Um, Jason Clark is in it. Who is Jason Clark? You'll know Jason Clark. Look him up. Matthew Modine. Modine. Um, big time actor in the 80s. Who else? Who else? Who else? There's one I'm holding up. Uh, Josh Hartnett was in the movie. I wasn't expecting him. And I preferred his character in that uh, much-liked recent Black Mirror episode with Aaron Paul. And I I don't know, Josh Hartnett has done he, things here and there, and I, I kind of wish he was back doing big, big things. And he is, but I guess I mean more frequently. Because um, the roles I've seen him in recently, he was uh, some, maybe some on Prime only movie where he was a writer trying to dig up a story, 70s, 80s stuff. I was getting into those newspaper kind of movies, those investigative journalist kind of things. He he has been great. So, uh, nerd moment. Let me fan cast Josh Hartnett as Dr. Doom. Okay, cool. He was in it. Um, I was like, who is the aide with Robert Downey Jr.? Like, I know this guy. It was Alden Ehrenreich who was in the, uh, the solo movie but has been in other things. Um, David Dalmastian, I think I got that right. Um, you'd know his face. He played that weird thing in uh, the recent Ant-Man movie. And by the way, Oppenheimer was more quantum mania than the Ant-Man movie. Um, so that guy, David Dalmastian. And then uh, Dane DeHaan, who was uh, in a recent Spider-Man movie, also a very talented actor. Like this, when they say ensemble cast, this was it. Famous people kept showing up. I was like, but when Christopher Nolan calls, you 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 take the phone call and go, yes, when do I start? You don't want to read the script or anything like that. You don't want to do what Oppenheimer does in the movie. It says, I'm considering it. You take the role. I was surprised how far the movie went after uh, after the two bombs went off. I thought they would... I figured that would be the end. There'd be some some epilogue. Wrap it up. You know, this is terrible. He feels awful. He's regretful. He he put the annihilation of man, of the planet, in man's hands. 
But it was like a full nother act. The, the first act was... What was the first act? I guess the uh, first act was, was like all physics related and science. I liked it a lot. Um, the second act was building that bomb. And then the third was essentially like law and order Oppenheimer. I was un- I, I didn't know much about him other than his name and the line, I am now destroyer of worlds. Very haunting, if I got that right. Um, the guy that plays Einstein is the guy that put um, Bruce Wayne back together in uh, The Dark Knight Rises, in that, that prison he was in. Yeah, so if you also hadn't noticed, uh, Christopher Nolan goes to the same acting well over and over and over again, which is good. Nice to know when you uh, when you get in with Christopher Nolan, you seemingly have um, a job for a long time. So if you keep your eyes open, in addition to the famous faces, you will see familiar faces from his previous movies. Oh, Casey Affleck is in the movie. Casey Affleck was in briefly in Interstellar and in whatever that was, 2014 or so. Um, wonderful movie. This was a nice weekend. Um, I love going to the movies. I think Barbie, for me, was the movie of the year. This was a good movie. It was a little too long for my taste. Like, it really dragged on at the end. I guess I liked the science too much. Um, it. We. I get it now. We have missed that awe-inspiring movie experience. And I don't know, superhero fatigue is probably not the best phrase, but I, I, I felt it when, and maybe you too, I felt it when I went to go see Top Gun Maverick. Like, that was exhilarating. Like, I get, I'm, not a Tom, I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan, but he gives you a movie. Um, same thing with Mission Impossible. I mean, I, I needed to take a time out during that thing. Like, the exhilaration didn't stop. Like, are we going to get a break here for some dialogue? It was an experience. So was Barbie. So was Oppenheimer. And um, we don't get a lot of movies like that anymore because of all the the animation stuff, the Pixar things. And if you're going to say that we have superhero fatigue, maybe we have animation fatigue. So, um Kind of reminds me of when I was a kid, when going to the movies was a special experience. Now, I am I was a lot littler back then, so the theater is bigger and grander than ever. But yeah, maybe there is a way to get back to these experiential movies while making sure that they're not like half a billion dollars in budget and our movie tickets have to cost 30 bucks. There are two experiential movies and um, I don't know when we're going to have this again. It was a coincidental intersection of two completely disparate movies with Barbie helping Oppenheimer more than Oppenheimer more than Oppenheimer helping Barbie